I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey, everyone. Michael Anthony here. Van Halen, Chickenfoot, Sammy in the Circle. But anyway, you're listening to the only podcast that is dedicated to breaking down the entire Van Halen catalog one track at a time. And the podcast will rock. Ow! Hello, baby! Hey, what's up all you rockers, rockettes, and everything in between? Thank you for joining us for a new edition of And The Podcast Will Rock. And if you're new here, welcome. Let me tell you about what we do. We are the show that dives into the catalog and discography of one of the greatest rock and roll bands of all time, Van Halen. And we do it one track at a time. I am your co-host, Mark Kamire. With me as always, Corey Morissette. What an entrance that was. How you doing, Corey? I'm doing great, my friend. Uh, Looking forward to tonight, but I tell you, I I figured I was going to be a a little low energy tonight, so I wanted to bring in a ringer. Uh, we were just going to uh, do the show, j- just you and I here tonight, but I thought, God, I, I need I need someone to, to kind of, you know, carry me. And he's been carrying me for quite a while on our new podcast, The Ultimate Catalog Clash. Let's bring him into the stream right now, Mr. Kevin Brown. How you doing, oh, Mr. Brown? Doing very well, mate. How are you? Doing great. Thank um, you very much for coming on the show last minute. I think it was, what, three hours ago? I said, hey, you want to be on the show? And he's like, yeah. well, what did you say? Does a, a fat dog piss? And I said, yeah. I, I assume so. <laughs> Perhaps, yes. <laughs> I never understood that saying either. It's an old thing. Where I was like, okay, well, I'll use that because why not? It I must get, be an I English was, thing. I've never heard that. I was going to say, yeah. I was, like, I was like, you sure that's not an English thing? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's like, you know, shit food and bad teeth. It's an English thing. <laughs> <laughs> Your words, not ours, yeah, but we're not going right. to uh, go against you. So, uh, but welcome to the show. It's a honorary member of the panel, Kevin Brown. Of course, uh, I don't think a show goes by where your name doesn't get dropped at least three times. So, mm-hmm. welcome aboard once again. Uh, always happy to have you, Corey. Uh, a, a lot of 
a lot of interesting things happening in the in the world of Van Halen. It seems like, uh, and by that I just mean like we're reliving old times. We're we're seeing old footage, and uh, what uh, what else? What has been going on? Can you give the people some Van Halen news context? Absolutely. Well, first of all, uh, and this is actually uh, I think Mr. Brewer posted this in our Discord first. He, he always likes to to scoop everybody uh, on the Van Halen news desk. Our good friends at the Tape Archives, who are doing that great documentary on uh, 1984 in that era of Van Halen, uh, posted uh, a flashback to 1989 and a video and an interview with Eddie Van Halen and Michael Anthony uh, from OU812 era. So that that's really interesting. Go check out the Tapes Archive YouTube channel uh, for a, a ton of great content. But uh, that especially was really cool. But the big news is just the holy grail of Van Halen footage and that it's almost a complete uh, uh, set from uh, the Van Halen Castle Donington 1984 show, The Monsters of Rock, uh, where they played with ACDC, um, pro shot uh, from the side of the stage. Um, people have been looking for this this gig for forever. And uh, they've and all of a sudden, uh, I, I don't even know who the original poster was because it's been taken down and put back up so many times in the last few days. <laughs> but um, he didn't have the audio, the audio, but somebody actually took the time and synced it. There were there was some bootlegs going around of that gig, so they synced up the old bootleg with the video, and it just looks stunning. Kevin and I were watching a bit of it here uh, before we hopped on the call here tonight. It's just if you're like holy grail, I, I think maybe even undersells it. This is if you're a fan, you know, give us this pro shot completely cleaned up with real audio on a Blu-ray and fuck you, you, you'd make a mint. You'd be printing money. It'd be insane. But oh yeah. The, the, amongst Van Halen fans, this has been absolutely huge. And like I said, they, they keep taking it down. It keeps pocking back up. I know Kevin, uh, you know, he, he's, he's been watching it. What were your thoughts when you, uh, checked out yeah. this, uh, this, uh, footage? It's so much fun. It shows the band at the sort of peak madness, right? Like Dave's just g giving it all the way. There's no not really that much attention to what he's doing vocally, to be honest with you, but it doesn't right. matter because what he's, he's just there for the show. But there's, you know, a few things get thrown at him, and Donington's not a place. They're not a forgiving crowd. That's a really weird, kind of mean crowd sometimes. Um, I remember when a, a British spoof, like parody band called Bad News played at Castle Donington once as part of the second part of their this mockumentary thing. And they would get like, so the, the lead singer and the, the guitarist, uh, who's a very famous comedian, hadn't told the other guys that, yeah, they're probably going to chuck stuff at us. Didn't tell them it was actually going to be <laughs> bottles of piss and sort of all this oh, stuff. Oh, God. So they just got drowned, yeah. Fucking animals, man. Great fun, yeah. man. I mean, it's so much fun to see that from the, from the side of the stage and to get that different vantage point of the band. Mm -hmm. Castle Donington's kind of legendary uh, for, for shows. I know uh, one of the best, I think, best live albums of all time, ECDC Live, was recorded at Castle Donington back yeah. on the Razor's Edge tour. But, you know, this bill included uh, Motley Crue, YNT, Except, Gary Moore, Ozzy Osbourne, Van Halen, and then ACDC. Ooh, Except. German, German <laughs> extraordinaire. That's right. <laughs> Pretty damn good bill way back in 1984. But yeah, you see Van Halen uh, at the height of their powers performing in front of 65,000 just sweaty, crazy, heavy metal fans. Yeah. And it, it, it's it's just glorious. I, I uh, would recommend everybody go to the Van Halen news desk, click on the link before it maybe goes away again. I, yeah. I, I think this is maybe the third time it's been been uploaded. But uh, uh, whoever it is, the record company or whoever, someone from Van Halen's camp, they're they're, they're quick to, to try and find it and, and get it taken down. But definitely worth a watch. It's absolutely phenomenal. Well, there may or may there may or may not be a link in the uh, Discord server that's oh yes that's a bit more true. persistent. Yeah. It's not a YouTube link, so someone may have 
backed it up for posterity, you know. Well, well you, you know, got to be a patron then. Got to be a patron. Yeah, a little incentive to join the Patreon. We have it there. Uh, and while it's still up, as Corey said, click it, watch it, absorb it as much as you possibly can before it gets taken down. I am willing to bet there is somebody's sole job to take these things down. Unless <laughs> that's just what they do all day. They scour the internet, find uh, uh, footage people are uploading, and try to like take it down before they hit them with a copyright claim or something that I, I am determined there's probably even a team of people that that's just what they do all day long and that that sounds awful but tom uh tom armbruster says that he's seen except live well how's bragging camp going uh also all um i actually i had a chance to go see them live just a few years ago but i didn't go one because i forgot and two uh i don't i I was kind of unsure about how they would probably sound in today's era, uh, but feel free to tell me tell me how, how wrong I was for not seeing that show if they still uh, kick ass like they used to. So, uh, But uh, listen to Accept, people. But this is not the Accept podcast whatsoever, so we're done with those guys. Anything else uh, other than that? I mean, that's, that's huge stuff in the uh, Van Halen news kind of world, so uh, sink your teeth in it. Uh, and unless there's anything more, uh, what do you say we move on? Absolutely. Uh, of course, uh, go get a copy of Mammoth 2. Uh, yeah. Fantastic record, doing very, very well. Uh, doing better in Canada than America. We have better taste in Canada, isn't that right, Kevin, than those Absolutely. damn Yankees? So uh, I'm not going to argue that. <laughs> and go pre-order your copy of the collection too, the Van Hagar collection of records that are coming out completely remastered. Actually, I was on the Van Halen store today, and I'm like, you know what? I have original pressings of the first six records. I don't have the remasters. Oh, will, does, <laughs> will my wife divorce me if I order both at the same time and get the, the 2015 remaster <laughs> to the first six and... Uh, the, the collection too. I'm still humming and hawing back and forth. You be, Let me know you in the Discord. Space, space that yeah. out. I would I would suggest spacing that out. Don't do it all. Does anyone have a couch I can sleep on if I go ahead and order both? Uh, <laughs> we do, but it'll take you a really long time to get here. Spare bed in, in the back corner, here, mate. Anytime. Oh, there he is. There you go. And, and you got an electric drum kit. I'm going to Kevin's place. There we go. Yep, there you go. <laughs> uh, Josh said he met Wolf Hoffman at Nam, so that's kind of cool. Ooh, uh, like the recent one, recent Nam, because that I'm would not be sure awesome. Which NAMM, yeah. Um, but uh, either way, is oh okay. So Tom saw them uh, back in. He said one eight six. So I'm assuming eighty six. So that uh, not to date you or date myself, but that predates me by a year, buddy. So <laughs> I don't know how you, you know feel what, about that. What you know? You keep calling him Tim. Yeah. He's allowed the odd uh, spelling mistake on on a <laughs> That's on true. Chat, That's so. true. Yeah, I called him I Tim. Need... Just that the one show, and then I corrected myself <laughs> and I took it back. <laughs> Oh, by the way, Josh said he, he was at NAM in uh, uh, 2013. 2013. Okay, right on. Good stuff. But uh, Hey, Jeff, he's back. He didn't miss anything. No, what we're, up, we're Jeff? just yakking. Just Lurkers. yakking. To Castle the uh, people not talk. in the know, we always, uh, we always shout out the, the uh, lurkers in the live chat uh, when they come up and when we're doing our recording. So if you want to get involved with that and hear it uh, at the same time, join the Patreon and you can be a lurker. So. Just throwing that. Uh, <laughs> Tom's Ooh, wife like says, this. if you want the thing, buy the thing. So, hey, there you go. You want the thing, I Corey, like Tom's wife. Yeah, thing. I'm, I'm going to tell, no, I'm, I'm gonna tell my wife, wife Tom. you know, like, like Tom's wife said, I, I should just buy the thing. So There you go, Tom's wife Whatever said, Tom's so. wife says goes, she's the boss. But, honey, Tom's wife said. <laughs> All right, I'll go to indeed. Kevin's house. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, Corey, I got to say, um, I, I was eager and uh, uh but uh, i was sort of kind of um 
hesitant on how I would react about uh, last week's poll. Because last week, we discussed the track that is our namesake. That's right, we went over And the Cradle Will Rock. A, uh, a mainstay, I would say, uh, about Van, like, in the Van Halen repertoire. I mean, you just, it's, it's one of the ones I certainly think about when I think about Van Halen uh, in a short list. So I was very curious on how the voting would go for this poll. And um, I'm not going to say I'm disappointed. I am just still flabbergasted. I'll, I'll use the word flabbergasted because while the score is high, it should have been higher in my opinion. So the voting... Out of uh, 140 votes, 94.3% what dreams are made of. A very respectable score. Great score. Only a 5.7% dream is over. But my question to the 5.7%ers is, who hurt you in this lifetime that you would just downvote that song? Or are you doing it just to expect a reaction like this out of me? Because uh, you know when my buttons be pushed, I react. Uh, and, and I'm sure people get a, a nice thrill out of that. But Corey, does this, Corey, Kevin, what, what do you make? What do you make of this score? Is it, is it a respectable score or are you just kind of like, I give up? Again, I mean, I don't think any song's ever going to get a hundred cause you are going to get, no, it's people not. probably do have the odd sort of legitimate reason why they just don't dig it for some reason. What's frustrating is when you don't get people saying why, right? Like, yes. I would love to know why you don't vote in this song. It's one of the it's one of the songs that defines this band. You know, it's one of the songs you think of as when you think of Van Halen. And yeah. it's a great fucking tune. It swings hard. It's got a great guitar riff. It's got a great vocal. I love the lyric in this song, which I don't always mm. with Dave. Everything about this song is great. Same. So, God, I don't know, mate. I got nothing for you. <laughs> of course. What, what flabbergasts me is it's third highest on the record. Like, you're, you're talking about, like... Wow. Definitive Van Halen song. It got beat out by Romeo Delight and Take Your Whiskey Home, which was a, a staggering 98%, which is a great which, song, but a great yeah. I, I would rank Cradle Rock higher. I I personally feel that uh, it's, you know, the, the best song on the album, but that's just me. Um, but still, like, 98% for Take Your Whiskey Home, while Cradle of Rock doesn't even crack 95%. Like, I just... I'm I'm just I'm 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 baffled. I'm baffled. I'm flabbergasted. I'm all the adjectives that have to do with those words. So, but maybe, just maybe, uh, we'll get some explanations. As you say, Kevin, that's the most frustrating part about this. Is yeah, vote the way you want to vote. It's cool, but I want to know why. If it's a if it's a nay, um, unless the, it's obvious. But if we're talking about a different song, but this song in particular, I really want to know. So, going to the comments here or, or the uh, the tweets rather on the poll. I'll read out the ones from our uh, patrons because uh, that's what happens when you join the Patreon. You not only get to lurk on the show whilst we're recording, you get to uh, have your tweet read out loud as we would discuss the poll. So join the Patreon, please. First up, our buddy Sean McGinnity from the Sean Geek and Fast Fred podcast. He says, what's not to like? Honestly, again, Dave scores on the lyrical content. This song shows a lot of maturity for Van Halen from the sound to the solo to the quiet parts. Enough said, you know, uh, and he, he's not wrong. What's not to like? Uh, our buddy Ryan Powell says the lone single from Women and Children First and The Cradle Will Rock represents Van Halen branching out from the first two albums with a with great success, bringing more depth while weaving an interesting tale. A ton of Eddie interjections only serve to elevate the whole for an easy what dreams are made of. 
very eloquently put of Ryan to say, yeah, the song rocks. What's up? Uh, but we appreciate that. Jeff Brewer, Jeff uh, lurking right now so he can elaborate further if he wants to. Uh, he says, it's scoring higher on the poll than I expected, but it deserves to be up there pretty high. You're right. Uh, not a personal favorite of mine, but the song is way too good and way too iconic to downvote. Has to be what dreams are made of. I agree. It is too iconic. So just based on that alone, you would think that uh, they automatic automatically it would just shoot up right to certainly at least to tie it up with take your uh, take your whiskey home right. At least I, I, I would expect so. But then again, uh, you know. I have to tamper my expectations because these polls drive me crazy sometimes. <laughs> uh, Scott Monroe says, my favorite rock and roll nursery rhyme. <laughs> if it's not what dreams are made of to you, well, maybe you hit your head too hard when you fell out of the cradle. Hashtag rock on. I see what you did there. Good job there, Scott. Uh, too long didn't read. This song rocks. What's <laughs> up? <laughs> yeah, exactly, Ryan. So that's that's. For all the uh, the Gen Zers uh, that are listening right now, if we have, if if there are any, <laughs> that's how it goes. Uh, Rava Flav says, "Total banger! It's definitely got a bit of a dark mood to it, and Mike's driving bass makes it moodier." Uh, this is the song that when my wife asks, "What are you listening to?" and I tell her about the podcast, she says, "So I assume that their first episode was and the Cradle Will Rock." Well, you tell your wife, not quite. <laughs> it, it was not uh, it was show 93 so. yeah show 93 it, t- it took a while it took a while to get there but uh, we got there uh, and uh some jerk named kevin says brilliant opening track from my favorite dave era album so this one is your favorite dave era yeah women and children is my favorite for sure yeah well there you go so and whiskey, yeah, you whiskey home is one of the reasons because that, that song is just an absolute killer and i did wonder because oh, you did that song Really, quite early on, I think, if I remember rightly, and I don't it was, know. How I just met- looked it up here. Okay. It was uh, 30, uh, 33. relatively yeah. early. So I don't. I wonder if the number of people voting in the poll sometimes can make a difference, right? So because if you've got, mm. let's say, you get like sixty people voting, mm. you're not going to get as big a swing there if everyone's kind of voting one way, and you're not going to get as many of those people coming in trying to fuck up. Maybe maybe Mariano and his cult, cult had a day off that. You know, know, know what I'm kind of seeing uh, kind of in and around whiskey, though, is every Sammy track from around that time, uh, high 60s, low 70s, every Dave track, 94, 98, uh, 84, 81, 91. I I think we had more Dave fans voting uh, back in those days. Sounds like it seems to be the case here. So, yeah, there you go. A lot of a lot of interesting factors, but still my mind, it be blown. Uh, moving on, Brad Gould says, uh, great song with a simple but driving rhythm section. I enjoy how the tempo and vibe of the song intensifies in the outro before the fade. The song just keeps driving. Of course it does. I mean, just for, listen. The opener is like, uh, the sound of, uh, like a, like a jet engine or a train or whatever. So yeah, it's just like a driving force all the way through. The only, uh, little respite is that little musical section in Have You Seen Junior's Grades? And then it just kicks right back into it. So, yep, good good call there. Uh, Jeff Brewer in the ch- chat says, Whiskey is way better to me, but I still would have expected Cradle to score higher. Right? Indeed. Yeah. Just, I mean, just because of its iconic status alone, but maybe because uh, it is an iconic song, and uh, I'm sure some people would probably say it gets overplayed. Uh, it's, the, it's the jump effect. People downvoted Jump not because they hate the song, just because they're sick of it, because everybody knows Jump. 
So maybe that had something to do with it, but also, I don't know, you guys are crazy. Um, <laughs> Craig Zito says, this song stands tall in the catalog. It has a unique sound and killer groove. No argument there. Uh, let's see here. Going forward here. Duh, 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 duh. Is that all the... Oh, and our, uh, our uh, latest uh, patron there, Janice, says, never tire of this song. Short and simple. So yeah, she she's she's feeling it. Everybody's feeling it. There you go. Uh, that I believe is our patrons. Uh, we had, we still had a lot more tweets, but I don't believe I saw anybody uh, tweet about why they would vote down. So again, we've got no answers. It's just it's a mystery. So we'll chalk it all up to the cult of Mariano. They are alive. They are among us, and here they are. They're assholes. And Tom says, the problem with being a lurker is he comments in the chat and forgets to comment on the Twitter. So, Tom, if you got a comment about uh, last week's song, please put it in the chat now, and, and Mark will read it in his dulcet tones for you. You know, just just a quick comment on And the Cradle Will Rock. The, mm-hmm. the nursery rhyme, not the song. What kind of evil shit is that nursery rhyme? Rockabye baby <laughs> on the treetop. Yep. First of all, yep. why are you putting babies at the top of trees? That's a stupid idea. That's a when bad the idea. Cradle will rock. When the bow breaks, a cradle will fall, and down will come baby cradle and all. Fuck. What? What? Yeah. what are you talking most about? Nur- most nursery rhymes are uh, some fresh hell. Uh, and Josh in the chat just reminded me he 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 did tweet uh, our our buddy Josh. He says, "Down voters, may all of your endeavors and aspirations manifest themselves swimmingly." Hashtag Mercury <laughs> retrograde. So you're not wrong. You know, we're, we're, we're trying to get out of that, but we're still in it. So maybe, yeah, I'm just going to assume just a lot of, uh, you know, trolls in the dungeon. And they're just, uh, we're just like, nah, fuck it. We'll just say no just because. Uh, but joke's on you. It still scored uh, 94%. So still high. But did it need to be higher? Personally, I think so. Was that a little and, uh, what, Here we are. Was that a little Harry Potter reference there, Mr. Kamara, that I spotted? I mean, well, it he's might a pothead. Have been. The trolls yeah, in the he, dungeon. He, he, well, I was a pothead. Sure. Let, let, let me put it this way: I I was quite a quite a fan until I had a uh, disagreement with the creator, the author. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now we but finished off women and children first. Uh, I'm just going back to to the Chazolytics. Um, that is currently <laughs> our fifth uh, most popular uh, record, or sorry, sixth. Uh, we have 1984 Van Halen, Fair Warning, Van Halen 2, and Women and Children First, fifth. 88.8% what dreams are made of, 11.2%. This dream is over. So pretty good ranking for uh, Kevin's favorite record, Women and Children First. Fair Warning still at number three. And I just want to remind everybody, this Saturday night, 9 Woo. o'clock Eastern time, we are doing our official Fair Warning ranking show. We have our, our ballots in from our patrons including Kevin. I reached out to some special guests, including Steve Rosen, who wrote the book Tone Chaser. He's going to be on the show coming up pretty quick. Greg Renoff, Eric Senich. Um, I, I, I tried uh, guys like Jazz Obrecht, but he really didn't feel comfortable ranking anything. He's a very positive dude, and I, I totally get that. That, that was totally <laughs> cool. It. But uh, Kelsey uh, sent in a ballot. Of course, uh, Sean Geek, Fast Fret, all of our old buddies, uh, the folks from the DLR cast all sent in ballots. Let's find our ultimate fa- uh, fair warning rankings. I can tell you right now, I've been uh, inputting the votes in. What we're doing is, excuse me, Whatever song you rank number one gets nine votes. Whatever song you rank number two gets eight, and so on and so forth, all the way down. So your the ninth ranked song gets one vote, and then I tabulate them all up, and we find out what our official ranking is. And I can tell you right now, the battle between one and two is fierce. It has been going back and forth 
every single day. I think the current lead for the number one song on Fair Warning is three votes. So I'm still waiting to get about three or four ballots in. So that could change again. But the battle between one and two and eight and nine is really, really tight. Mm-hmm. And uh, I did have inquiry in, uh, inquiries about where to uh, put into the uh, uh, your ranking. Um, I say put it in the Discord, but if you're not part of the Discord and you still want to throw in a ranking, go ahead and uh, slide into the uh, Podcast Will Rock Twitter DM, and uh, and I'll see it, and we'll tally it up for you. Yep. So there you go. Or uh, podcastwillrock at gmail.com. Uh, yep. People have yep. been sending uh, their better. rankings in that way. That works too. So you have mm-hmm. until Friday. And then I'm going to compile them all. Then Saturday night, we go live, and uh, we're going to announce our official rankings. Then we're going to have our patrons on the call. Uh, Eric Sinich is going to try and drop in as well uh, just to talk about the rankings. So that's going to be a lot of fun this Saturday night, 9 o'clock Eastern. Yes, so uh, so if you're listening to the show as it drops, that's uh, tomorrow night, uh, which means if you're listening to this now and you still haven't got your ranks in, get it in before the uh, uh, the end of this podcast. How about that? So they, <laughs> listen to the podcast, but also rank, and then send that over to uh, either the Twitter DMs or uh, podcastwillrock at gmail.com. There you go. We got it all uh, all straight out. You got your copy, Tom. Good job, Tone Chaser. Uh, I, I still need to uh, kind of crack open that one and take a look because I'm about to be in Atlanta for a few days, so I'll have plenty of reading time. So there we go. I, I am uh, three chapters in, and it is phenomenal. Steve Rosen uh, was a good friend of Eddie Van Halen for 26 years, and Eddie actually had tasked him with writing the uh, official uh, biography uh, for Eddie Van Halen, and just through a bunch of different things, he goes over it uh, in his uh, introduction. Uh, it didn't quite happen when he was live, but after he passed on, he kind of went back through all the old interview tapes he did uh, with everybody associated with Eddie and all the old uh, uh, phone calls he had with Eddie, and he compiled this book, and it's absolutely nice. fantastic. Steve Rosen is going to be on the show uh, end of September, uh, so be on the lookout for that. Hell yeah. And yes, uh, Jeff is trying to skew the results. He put Unchained ninth, not because he thinks it's a ninth-ranked song. He might. I'm assuming it's only because he's trying to get – he's trying to, to rig the system as much as he can for rig it. Yeah. That is such a Mariano move. Boo, don't, Jeff. Don't fall for it. <laughs> don't do it. How do you live with yourself? How do you live with yourself? <laughs> Unbelievable. Well – uh, so the, uh, we got the polls out of the way and now I think it's time to do our favorite thing of the show and that's not spin the wheel just yet. It's instead, say it with me, take a drink, manifestations, everybody. Mm. We're going to manifest the song that we want the wheel to spin. Now, as, uh, Kevin pointed out before we went on air, this, the wheel is looking a bit, uh, a bit thin lately or in terms of, uh, we only have so many tracks, uh, left and... It's anybody's ball game. We we still have so much from balance to do. We still have a lot from the fuck album, uh, and hell, we've we've still got quite a fit a bit from uh, Van Halen one. So it's anybody's guess at this point. But I'm gonna ask Kevin first. What do you want to manifest for the show tonight? Well, in the Discord, I'd manifested one thing. I know what Let's you said in the in the Discord, but <laughs> I, I'm gonna go and change my mind. I'm calling an audible. That's a that's a right football is. term, right, Corey? I think yeah, I call yeah. an audible's a sure. thing. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna go that summer works. nights. Because that's nights. a song from 5150 that I just absolutely adore. It's got some great guitar playing on it. And it's one of those songs that I think that if you were a Dave guy and you didn't love the new era, I think that's one you still got to listen to and think, well, Ed's killing this on this record. So, mm-hmm. yeah. so Summer Nights, that's what I'm looking for. Okay. All right. Summer Nights. Corey, how about yourself? Spanked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see what you're trying to do. 
But let's uh, do it. And on, Kevin and, honestly, Charles, and, and Chaz, they both want spanked. So let's do it. <laughs> he wants spanked. Uh, Tom uh, said he wanted House of Pain. Uh, and I believe, uh, let's see, did somebody else say House of Pain as well? Nope. Okay. Uh, Ryan Powell wants Can't Stop Loving You. Uh, we've had we've had that one a couple of times, so uh, it's maybe it's time. Maybe it's time for a Sammy track. Uh, and I think I think that's all the in the Discord. That was yep. There we go. So uh, and hey, all you lurkers, if you didn't put it in the Discord, uh, what do you want to manifest tonight? Or if you if you did uh, put it in the Discord, go ahead and say it once again. Myself personally, I think I'm going to manifest top of the world. Because nice. I just I just really want uh, more songs from the fuck album to come to us and come to us now and maybe I just think that the uh, there's an imbalance of Sammy and Dave right now and we need more yes. Sammy so uh, more Sammy. there you go top of the world there you are that's a gooder righty. are we ready to roll then I'm gonna shuffle this thing uh, let's see we got three current lurkers watching we got Kevin let's do it four times shall we four times two three four all right here, here we go. We go! Oh, we're going to go to Van Halen 2, Light Up the Sky. So I tell you, it's a Dave track, but I'm not mad. (laughs) No, not mad at it either, but oh, we were so close to Pound Cake. And and look at that, Top of the World was right there. Top of the World was right there. (laughs) (laughs) So close. I don't know what it is. The the wheel is determined. All right, you made the guess that it's going to be Van Halen 1 that we end the the, sh- the show with like that album <laughs> i disagree i think it's gonna be the fuck album <laughs> yeah because we just keep missing it like every time w- with the exception of uh what judgment day and i don't know i don't think we've done another one since um but yeah that that's it seems like while. yeah the the battle between the last two albums i think is going to come between van halen one and uh unlawful carnal knowledge which is somewhat poetic because some people might say that's uh, Sammy's best album with the band, and some would say uh, it's Dave's best album with the band, Van Halen One. Uh, I wouldn't argue. I would just have like certain thoughts about that. But uh, nevertheless, we are not going to either one of those. We're going to light up the sky, Van Halen Two. Uh, Corey is a big fan of this album. Uh, Kevin, yes, uh, how do you how do you feel about this album? I'm gonna get pilloried for this. I know. And I think I've said Uh-oh. this on the Discord even maybe that Van Halen 1 and Van Halen 2 are really sort of companion pieces because it's, yes. from what I understand, they're mainly a bunch of songs that they had coming into the recording process. I think all the strongest out of that set of songs really ended up on the first record. And I think the mm. second album is just a bit weaker for it. Um, I don't dislike it, but it's not my favorite Van Halen record. Do you I feel like... Uh... I, I put it fifth out of the Dave era albums for me. Ooh, okay, okay. You, you yeah, feel like uh, maybe no, Van, Van Halen 2... I don't to be wrong. No, no. So... <laughs> <laughs> uh, Corey and I have strong opinions on this album, but uh, do you, you feel like maybe Van Halen 2 was sort of like an album of B-sides from Van Halen 1? Is that how you kinda, feel about it? Kind of. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily go quite that far, maybe, and I'll get my bloody balls chopped off by the Van Halen lunatics, but... <laughs> But if you look at the, the track list, I mean, Somebody Get Me a Doctor is mm-hmm. one of my favorite Van Halen songs for sure. Mm-hmm. Dance the Night Away is the big middle finger to me to anyone who says that they went pop when Sammy joined because that's a pop song. And then outside sure. that, yeah. Spanish Fly, so yeah, deal away is not bad. But there's nothing on there that really gets me, really, really gets me up. So, and again, that's just me. This is all subjective, right? So, yeah. No, you're just wrong. Like, it's not subjective <laughs> at all. You're just. <laughs> You're just a fucking idiot, and now I'm kind of regretting bringing you on the show. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
He's never got over but this no, Tony Banks thing. He's not getting past this Tony Banks thing on no, the podcast. No, this no, is the problem. No, no, no. <laughs> you downvoted 39, motherfucker, and you host a Queen podcast. Sue me. <laughs> I wish I could. I looked into it. Apparently, I don't have a case. And if you guys want more of that, check out the Seaside Pod review. That's what you need oh, to the, check out. The, the ultimate catalog clash, too. Me and, and then Kevin that one, yeah, about yeah, Genesis. So yes. Just uh, if you yeah, want more Kevin and Corey, just butting heads. There you go. You got two choice. You got two shows to choose from. Uh, and then the occasional when and the podcast will rock. So that's interesting, though. But I, I will say uh, there's there's. I understand uh, where Kevin's coming from in a way because I've always thought, and I've mentioned this on the show to you before, uh, I've always thought of Van Halen 1 and 2 as just one big album. So, you know, when you have an album that's however many tracks that is all together, yeah, yeah, not all of them are going to be winners, and you're going to find that probably half of it is stronger than the other half, or it's just kind of like a mixed match of them all. So, so I get it, but at the same time, I don't... Hmm. Fifth place, come on, Kevin, it's fine. But uh, well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe we, maybe we can sway you. Maybe, maybe uh, the journey maybe. of this show can sway you a little bit. Maybe uh, tonight's the night, right? Maybe tonight's the night. Maybe light up the sky will be uh, the deciding, uh, inter- the divine intervention, if you will. Well, I tell you what. Uh, I wish we hadn't have done uh, DOA already because if that song oh, doesn't yeah. get your little British pale ass boogie in, <laughs> nothing will. <laughs> Great song. I love Day Away. Oh, it's fantastic. But uh, Light Up the Sky is interesting. You were talking about holdovers from Van Halen 1. This isn't one of them. Eddie wrote mm-hmm. the riff uh, right after the uh, tour, the Van Halen 1 tour. Okay. And, and then they kind of did the rest in the studio. So this is one of the, if you will, this wasn't a holdover from the Van Halen 1 session. So This was something Oh, Jeff fresh agrees with you new. too. What the hell? Everybody's turning on, on me and Mark. Everyone. And, and <laughs> I know. It's like, you've all turned against us. What the hell? We've. We, we were we thought we were so good to you but no with the honeymoon phase is over i get it I apparently get it. apparently <laughs> well what do you say we light up this firecracker and light up the sky all right let's do it this is light up the sky from van Halen 2 <laughs> i mean come on <laughs> come on <laughs> That's a wonderful intro. That's a wonderful, like, rock and roll, like, check this out, motherfucker. And just, uh, oh, that's great. I'm sorry. I had to interject because, come on. Kevin's got nothing or he's... I'm just letting He's Mark waiting. have his don't Mark have his moment in the song. <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm good. I just had, to, I just had right? mentioned a hell of an intro. That's all I had to say. Hell of an intro, yeah. Does that riff not remind you of, um, oh man, what's the track off for a novel? Judgment Day. It's Little the bit, same yeah. kind of, the same dan, rhythm, dan. certainly. It's really close. It's almost like there's a, a of, similar, yeah, kind of, a, it's, it's a, vibe, a similar eh? approach. Yeah, maybe, maybe, uh, subconsciously, uh, a little bit of Light Up the Sky kind of seeped into, uh, the writing process of Judgment Day. Maybe. Or, I don't know, just maybe, I mean, Look, Eddie's a blues player, uh, and uh, a lot of times in uh, blues music, well, in rock music in general, you're you're gonna rehash a lot of uh, familiar riffs just because there there's a format, there's a for, or there's a formula and a structure. Um, so yeah, that's that that's not uh, not a huge shocker that you might uh, hear one in another song. Uh, Tom in the chat called out something I wanted to talk about, and that's this uh, interplay between Mike and Eddie. 
uh, and th- there would be so much rancor between you know Eddie and Mike and Eddie, especially about Mike's playing. But I, man, I it, it, it's that kind of jousting between the mm-hmm. bass and the guitar that I love so yeah, much. Yeah, it's so cool. I just imagine the two of them just uh, not even like checking out their fretboards or the bridges, like where they're picking. It's just like they're just looking at each yeah. other, just like dead eyed. You know, just yeah. like, who's going to blink first, you or me? That's fun. It's like, yeah. Eddie says uh, Mike contributed nothing, but I mean, that's did not true. Like, I mean, I, yeah, I, was, I just don't, I'm not, I don't, I don't want to speak ill of the dead or call Eddie a liar, but it's like, that's just, that's not true. That can't be true. <laughs> Like, sure, he didn't, you know, come to the group with any, like, songs or riffs or anything, but you got to think he had maybe, and maybe we'll talk to Steve Rosen. I know Steve Rosen already in the three chapters I read talked about, and he would complain quite a bit about Mike just just showing up and getting a paycheck and and doing his thing. But Mm. I would like to think he had some uh, input, uh, you know, into, like, this intro section of this song, just how he's playing the bass against the guitar. And I'd I'd say two things to that, too. One is that regardless of how good a bass player Eddie Van Halen was, you know, because Eddie could have laid down all the bass tracks in the studio himself if he wanted to, really, and I'm sure yeah. it would have been great. But he yeah. doesn't play the same way that Michael Anthony does. Nope. So you get a different nope. flavor, and it, it, that's what Van Halen is, is all four of those guys together. Mm-hmm. And then the second thing is, I mean, come on, Mikey earns his paycheck every night on stage because that guy was just as much a showman as David Lee Roth was. It was amazing yeah. watching that guy live. And, you know, talk about what, what he contributed nothing. It's like, no, he contributed these bass lines because, yeah, and we've heard, we've heard what Eddie sounds like uh, recording bass uh, on an album. And mm-hmm. it, again, doesn't sound anything. It doesn't sound anything like what Michael Anthony would have done. So it's like, yeah, he's contributing his playability. He's contributing his uh, ability to uh, do killer harmonies uh, on top of that. You know, so what if he's not coming in with, hey, I wrote this thing. Can we make something of it? Would, if you were in a band with the Van Halen brothers, would you do that? Would you have the balls to be like, hey, hey guys, I, I wrote this. You think we could flesh this out? And like, no, because they'd be like, nah, we're good. We got it because we're Van Halen. Man, Elvis Presley only ever wrote two songs. No one gets on his case about it. Mm-hmm. I'll get on his case about it. <laughs> I would. Yeah, come after well, me, it, Elvis fans. I, I think Mike even mentioned that in some interviews. Like, I'm in a band with a genius. Like, uh, yeah. Dave Grohl talked about that when he was in Nirvana. Howard Stern kept yeah. kneeling him. Why, why didn't you give some of these songs, uh, you know, offer them up to Nirvana? He said, are you going to present a song with fucking Kurt Cobain in your band? Like, no. Why would exactly. you? Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, people, Eddie could complain about uh, uh, Mikey about bringing nothing to the table all he wants. But it's like, the truth is that like, he did, but he just didn't, um, he didn't overstep where he felt he might be overstepping. So it, I, I don't know. I find that kind of uh, commendable. Do you guys know, because I mean, I, and I don't, like how much of that is overplayed too? Like how much is that overagged? Oh, Eddie hated Mike. And is it, because it could be one of those things where he said something off the cuff once or twice and it's just been taken and blown up into this huge thing where really it might, they might've just caught him in a bad moment or whatever it might've been, right? I don't know. Because well, he, lasted, there's he was two in the things. band for a long time. So yeah, if he was that and, bad a bass player and Eddie had that much of a problem with him, he would have been gone way earlier, right? There, there's two things that come to mind. One, he was always kind of resentful that, uh, it was him and Dave that did all the songwriting and stuff. Right. And uh, uh, obviously, Alex, you can kind of put in that same group with Mike, right? I don't think he contributed much to the songwriting, but obviously he's Eddie's brother, Eddie's not going to call him out. So there's always that kind of resentment on that because they had their, you know, in 1984, actually, they retroactively went back and said, you're not going to get any songwriting royalties for, yeah. for this album and going forward. But uh, I also heard that um, after, like, Sammy split with uh, Van Halen, uh, Mike kind of went with them. And, and kind of played with mm-hmm. the Wabos and kind of did that kind of thing because Van Halen was kind of, you know, 
uh, you know, kind of inactive at that point, and apparently that kind of hurt Eddie. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Sammy left us, and now Mike went with him. And I, I think that kind of added to the vitriol uh, that, that Eddie kind of had uh, had for Mike because yeah. he, he felt kind of abandoned by that. Well, I mean, <laughs> you, you you can't be uh, in this relationship forever if uh, if it feels like it's you're not you're not it's a uh, it's supposed to be a give and take, and if you feel like you're uh, taking more than you're giving, I mean, like what did what did they expect him to do? It's like, hey, you you don't contribute anything, and also you're getting no. Uh, songwriting royalties so bleh, deuces and then you know yeah <laughs> sammy leaves uh mikey has a good rapport with him and he just feels like yeah you know what i think i want to try you know try something else bye you guys and like Whoa. and then you have the nerve to act surprised again you know not yeah. not speaking ill of the dead but you you can't have been that upset that mikey left you know given the circumstances but well, you know. and uh, Kevin and I talked about that in the latest Ultimate Catalog Clash. We talked about uh, Genesis uh, w- was doing everything individually, and then they kind of moved into more of a group songwriting, and everything was credited to the band. And that kind of yeah. fixed some problems within the band, and, and Queen did the same thing uh, yeah. after uh, A Kind of Magic. Their next albums were all credited credited to the band. Here's a situation where it kind of backfired. Uh, it, mm-hmm. Also in Nirvana, actually, it happened this way, too, where Kurt Cobain said, no, I think I want a bigger piece of the pie because I'm doing all the fucking work. And here, uh, Eddie Van Halen kind of said the same thing. You know, Dave and I are doing all the work, and Alex, he put in there too. Uh, You know, we should give Mikey less. So that's not always the best way to go. Band dynamics are so weird, right? Like you would think, because when you credit it separately, everybody's pissed off. Because, Mm -hmm. and the example I used was Roger Taylor, you know, demanding I'm in love with my car, be the B-side to Bohemian Rhapsody. (laughs) So it sells as many units and he gets as much money. So there's that. So Brian May and John Deacon are left out in the cold. But then you have a situation where when you have it all credited to the band, you think, oh, it's fair. We're going to split it four ways. We're Van Halen. This is great. We're all working hard. But then the two guys who are actually writing the song is like, wait a minute. Fuck that. We're doing all the work. We want a bigger cut. So, God, it's so weird, uh, band dynamics, I tell you. Because it's all about ego. That's that's all it is. And money, right? You get more money. money, I love that line in the movie. That uh, line in the movie, Young Guns. We kind of just were, I think Chavez looks over and says, ain't easy having pals. Yeah. So I think, okay, it's like family, right? And sometimes it's kind of tough. It's hard work, but. Yeah. Yep. But that, it is right, what well, it is. Things were pretty rosy uh, when they were recording Van Halen 2. So let's get back to Light Up the Sky. All right, what do we think of that first verse, boys? I love that last line, man. It's distinctly yeah, that last line Van Halen. Is... Like, it doesn't sound like Van Halen at all. It's got this, it's almost yeah. like a prog rock kind of thing. Maybe I'm just thinking of, you know, I'm, I'm in that vein now, but it's got a really different melodic line to it. It's very cool. Yeah, it does and it doesn't. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you there. It, it, in a sense, it does because, like, you listen to it and you go, yeah, there's that familiar Van Halen, like, harmony, you know, yeah. that, uh, 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 cadence if you will um but yeah the the way that last bit is structured you're you're right i was i noticed that too i was like oh that's kind of a kind of a different especially van halen 2 era like that's very different yeah. from what uh what they were doing and i believe that's all dave uh, i don't think we get uh mike and eddie harmonies until the chorus oh yeah interesting yeah. maybe that's well. what it is then that's one of the things that maybe kind of throws it a little bit but it's just again it's not not even the sonics of it it's the 
they don't usually do it that way. It's, that sounds more like Rush mm-hmm. than it does Van Halen. Well, yeah. Again, not a, that's not a criticism. <laughs> it's very, very cool. Yeah. It just doesn't sound like this here of Van Halen's all. It, maybe it's because uh, Mikey is pretty uh, pretty prominent uh, so far from what we hear. Like he's the bass is really high up there, and he is doing quite a bit. I was just uh, like motioning, like pretending I was playing along with him because he's galloping quite a bit for these uh, for this riff. So maybe that, yeah, I could I can understand the the rush comparison for sure. Uh, do you guys pick the pick up the bass on that section? The like whole rhythm section as usual, man. Oh, oh, oh yeah, <laughs> crazy oh, yeah. man. How good they were. Really. Everybody's oh, laughing. What did I miss? <laughs> no, no. I just, I just gonna say something. Then you start the song, and I. <laughs> there was a pause. I'm like, these assholes yeah. have nothing to say. They're ruining the show. I'm gonna play the track, and then you start talking your fucking Mariano hey, all over again. Remember, it's the notes you don't play are just as important as the notes you play, Corey. This is a jazz. Everyone knows this. So. Don't what bring jazz onto my Van Halen show, you motherfucker. <laughs> this is rock and roll, not jazz. That's right. So is this from what? This is 78, 79? Is it 79, this record? Uh, Van Halen 2 was at least 1979. That's correct. Yeah. Sounds great, man. Like, the production sounds so good on this. And that's, you know, we talk about this lots as Van Halen fans where, you know, 5150, OU812, certainly OU812 just sonically doesn't have that same wallop where this thing is just blows your face off how good it sounds. Mm -hmm. And dare I say, maybe a little better than Van Halen 1? Like production-wise, mixed. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Maybe, maybe. I'll have to go back and listen again, but... There's uh, I mean, th- there's definitely like a uh, there's a subtle difference, especially if you listen to them like one after the other, the, uh, for sure. Uh, yeah. But I don't know. I have to. Yeah, I'll have to do uh, another analysis of that myself. Mm-hmm. Because this motherfucker is clean. Like it sounds. Good. Yeah, and it the, is. I I love the mix because you got that that bass just kind of peeks out every once in a while, little higher notes, and then goes back down, and it it just oh it works so well. Hmm. You you got to be a real son of a bitch to say Van Halen two is better than or worse than uh, Van Halen one. And... <laughs> okay, look, 
I'll, it's, it's, I'll throw back at you here, Corey. I'm not letting this lie. I will not be slighted like this, sir. I will take that. <laughs> show me, show me the I'm the one on Van Halen two. Show me the running with the devil. Really? Dance the night away. Somebody get me a doctor. Out of love again. Light up the sky. Spanish fly is almost as good as eruption there, I say. Oh, DOA. Beautiful Girls is a perfect album closer. Yeah, I don't know. We'll get into it on the uh, the album wrap episode, hey? That's right. We're going to do a ranking show that on that one. So That one's going to get heated. Yeah, there's a special <laughs> preview for you guys. Uh, whenever we finally get through Van Halen 2, it's going to be a showdown. <laughs> and uh, t- to answer Tom's, uh, is this the remaster? I don't believe it is. I, I think this is the 1979. So mm. Let's get back to her. Great little push there, coming out of that little section, and there's that little half-step stop. That's tasty, Mm -hmm. man. I love that. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, when when Dave, uh, vocally speaking, when when Dave did that howl, when he he was able to do that howling sort of scream, uh, uh, scream singing, uh, you know what I'm talking about, he really made it work, and I have no idea how he's able to, like, be uh, intelligible with his words when he's doing yeah. that because like speaking of someone who's uh who screams quite often there are going to be times where like i don't know what the hell mark's saying he's just screaming up there it's like well yeah because screaming's hard to enunciate um but for that when he's just uh i believe what was the line he used right there they're lighting up the skies and he's like ah! i can't get that yeah. high right now but yeah you know what i mean just like it's very clear and it's just very it's impressive. That's what I'm trying to say here. It's like it's extremely impressive, and uh, Dave was very, very good at it uh, in his prime. It's it's almost it's, you couldn't you almost can't call it screaming either, though, right? Because it's no, it's not screaming. It's, it's yeah, almost it's like a, bad a squeal. Almost, it's got mm-hmm. that weird, and no one else does it either. I've never heard another rock vocalist who uses that kind of phrasing. So it's very distinctive and it's very uniquely Dave, right? Well, and, and right There's, at the high end, like it's always at the end of the, like he'll he'll sing it, and then right at the end, just throw in that squeal. That's, yeah. Very, that makes him the 20th greatest uh, rock and roll singer of all time. And I'm glad Jeff Brewer uh, agrees with me. He says, none of those songs are I'm the one because all these <laughs> songs are better. So thank you, Jeff, for agreeing oh, with me geez. that every song on Van Halen 2 is better than I'm, a, I'm the one. Kind of a controversial opinion, Jeff, but uh, I agree with you. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, th- this doesn't have the, kind of the more commercial uh, aspect to it that Van Halen 1 did, right? And I actually found a quote. Uh, from Eddie Van Halen about this track, where he talked about that. He said, quote, I wrote the music for that song right after our first record was recorded. I used to play it for the guys, and they'd go, oh, Eddie's got a new riff. Nobody really said anything. And then when we came back off the tour, we played all our new riffs and songs for Ted, and he really liked that one. And I was totally surprised because it's a little more progressive. The changes are a little more bent than the commercial stuff. So I was happy that he liked it. It worked out to be a good one. It's also, it's not rock it's not rock and roll van Halen. this is it's kind of this is now this is the foot more firmly in the heavy metal side as i always think yep. of it too because it's got more mm-hmm. of a not chugger chugger almost but it's got a bit more weight to it and a bit more heaviness to it we don't always it's got get that, that right? uh it's got that thrashy sort of like tempo uh, and it, yeah sort it's of straight feel. there's no swing yeah. in it it's yeah. not you know yeah. it's got yeah 
Yep, absolutely. Maybe that's why I uh, gravitate more to two. And I, I'm just bugging Jeff. Not that I'm trashing. I'm the one or one at all. One is the greatest uh, debut album of all time. I'm going to put it even ahead of uh, Guns N' Roses' Appetite for Destruction. But uh, I just personally uh, tend to favor Van Halen too, just a tad bit more. So what you're saying is you're a basic bitch. That's what we're hearing here. Is that that's exactly what hearing? I'm saying? <laughs> what does basic bitch mean to you, you, you pompous British motherfucker? <laughs> I don't know. I've just heard it. I've heard it. I know it's a thing. I know it's a thing. So I thought I'd wheel it out and see what happened. Oh, oh! Why don't you get yourself I some tea and crumpets and uh, shut your pie hole? <laughs> I actually. Ah, oh, you would. You would stop it right there. <laughs> well, Kevin uh, told me Kevin's muted, muted Kevin. so I'm gonna call it I'm gonna call him all sorts of names until he unmutes. Stupid British tea and crumpet eating motherfucker. Damn it. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Came in on damn it. Um what I know what I was saying was that bridge is phenomenal. And this is what I think yes. you know, when I think about the the discussion between um Dave Era and Sam Era, and one of the things is the criticism I've heard is that they were just a little bit straighter musically in the Sammy era, and they didn't do this kind of thing as often, definitely, where in this era of Van Halen, you never really knew where they were going to go. You never knew what Eddie was going to do, what direction he was going to take it, and again, you're not expecting this here because it's a really heavy song, and then you get this bright major key twangier kind of... It's just, it's just so cool. It's just a great little bit of relief in the middle of this song. Well, they had the benefit of this is Van Halen 2. So this is very early in their like yeah. professional career. So yeah, of course, like if you're just tuning in to Van Halen right after Van Halen 1, you, you, you're like, wonder what they're going to do next. Yeah, of course, everyone's, you, you never know. Like it's a free-for-all. Uh, whereas you, you move on over to, uh, you know, the Sammy era, you've got a bit of an idea of what Van Halen's going to sound like with yeah. Sammy. And then, and then of course, they either uh exceed expectations or lower it depending on who you ask but whatever that's a whole conversation but yeah i that's a uh, to your point completely unexpected of that era and, and just uh it really gives an early insight to their dynamics and uh mm -hmm. how uh how they how they function as a band and uh, where they can go yeah a little more adventurous maybe in the day era, and Tom points out that this breakdown mm. was so smooth and jazzy, and you wouldn't get that necessarily uh, in the Sammy era. Maybe that's why more people gravitate to that, and this is yeah. uh, not one of the holdovers from Van Halen 1. Uh, th this came, mm. you know, he said he recorded uh, the riff right after they recorded the first record, and then the rest of the song they, they kind of put together in the studio, so they, they've matured quite a bit. Remember, at this point, you know, they've been living with the Van Halen 1 songs for quite a while, from like the Backyard Party days to uh, Gazaras and you know the whiskey and all that stuff on the strip so they've been playing that stuff for a, quite a long time so it's, it's, you know this is kind of shows you the direction they're going to go and maybe fair warning women and children uh th that kind of thing which I think is really cool mm -hmm. oh and Jeff says this breakdown is the only good part of that whole subpar album well no I'm gonna get rid wow. of that kind of <laughs> wow uh, I mean you know I think he's just he's just trying to drop a grenade because he's I think know, so chaos this is the same guy who doing. put Unchained Ninth 
So, yeah, <laughs> take that with a grain of salt. Oh, shit. Is, We're is on to the, you, Brewer. Is this the horse my wagon is hitched to? This is not good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you think about that, Kevin. <laughs> All right, let's keep her going. Jesus my Christ. God. And I, I'm glad Jeff had to uh, uh, say Clarify. kidding. Some of my favorite <laughs> songs are on there. Because if you call that fucking solo a uh, subpar, <laughs> my God, that was fantastic. You can see why people like other guitarists didn't necessarily love Eddie because when he came out, he just changed the game so much. No one else can play that. Richie no. Blackmore from Deep Purple, who was a, a shredder and a brilliantly inventive guitar. Blackmore can't play that, you know, and it's just... It's, it, one thing with Eddie is it just always seems like it's totally effortless. He doesn't have to try. It just drips out of him, and it's just like, wow, wow. And then you get that we're coming out, out, out of that, and we're getting that drum fill, or that little drum pattern that, that um, mm. Alex is playing. Like, oh, mm. Jesus Christ. I love it when he does that. It's like, okay, Eddie's you know face-melting solo. i got to throw a little <laughs> shit in here to people so people know that I'm still around, too. I'm hey, still here. Uh, I'm still existing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like. <laughs> I'm also a Van Halen. <laughs> yeah. But the bass lead into that was fucking great, too. Like, the yeah. whole band is cooking on this track. It's cooks, man. Like, it's, it's so far, so good. And, you know, not, not to tip my hand, but it's like the song is cooking so far, and, you know, we're almost done with it. Yeah. Oh, good. Jeff agrees. That solo is not subpar. Thank you very much. No, yeah. I no, totally agree not. with you on that one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's keep going. All right, Kevin's got a drum boner, I can tell. <laughs> and I'm Jesus. so glad you're on the I call now boner. for this song because of that section. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that something? God, oh, my damn. God. And the production on that, it sounds, it's kind of got that big bottom tone to it, right? Where it's yeah. just epic, massive, massive drums. And it's saturated in reverb. You know, it's a yeah. really great sort of, and obviously there's, it'll be room, but it'll be also a ton of reverb added on afterwards. But it just sounds very, very good. And it's played. <sighs> Really, really well. And don't forget, this is from a very average, very mediocre drummer. That's right. Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Probably wouldn't even make the, the, the top 50 rock drummers of, of all time. Yeah. My oh, God. Jesus. No, but Meg, Meg White will. <laughs> yeah, but Meg. <laughs> Ooh. Don't get me started. Don't. Yeah. Don't go Lars there. Ulrich, number two. <laughs> he'll be, yeah, uh, he'll Alex be number Van Halen, two. Alex Van Halen, 53. Okay, it's nice. been nice talking. I'll, I'll see you later. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. If I was writing for Billboard, that would be the rankings, I'm yeah. sure. Because, my God. Oh my god, and, and, and then when you get, when you got down to to to, to the to the the bass drum on the oh my god it was mm -hmm. I, I, and that's what that's when Kevin leaned back in his chair and went mind blown because yeah <laughs> so with this section coming out of here was was that a fade in because I was we kind of stopped it a little it, bit I don't know if you dial it back a few seconds I think there's a fade in from something a little bit for a coming little bit. in right? I think like from was, from Eddie coming in yeah. uh, I think yeah. it sounds like a fade I think he yeah fades in. Um, cause I don't know, maybe they felt like, uh, the transition wasn't as smooth with him just coming in on the, for what, for what he's doing, or maybe, maybe that was just the conscious, uh, decision from the beginning. I don't know, but uh, it, yeah, it just I, works. It, yeah. The, the drums are coming down at the same yeah. time. Right. So I backed mm -hmm. it up a few seconds. We'll, we'll see if we can catch it. I just, I, so, 
Sorry, Corey. Go like, I'd be curious to see because they do fade this section. Obviously, you can't do that live. I'd be sort of interested right. to see how they come, what that transition sounds like live, because I've never, well, heard, I, I've never heard this one live. So, I wonder if they've ever played it live. Maybe we'll find out later in the podcast. Oh, they fucking better have. I mean, we can. <laughs> we. I mean, if we have to. <laughs> Motherfucker, light up the Indeed. sky, Jesus! Yeah. What a fucking Holy ending shit. that is. <laughs> so uh, Jeff Brewer in the chat says, "Amy, just be rolling up his uh, volume on his guitar." So that could be, yeah, maybe. Yeah, you, you kind of so. got Alex. He, he's playing a little lower, and then he does that little tom roll that that, mm-hmm. that got me all yeah. all Twitter painted there. <laughs> and then yeah, he could just be dialing up the volume on his guitar. So that that's a good call. Uh, tom says, uh, "I've never read the lyrics, so I always thought they were singing be there or be high.'" <laughs> I could I could hear that too. Uh, if it makes yeah. you feel any better, I wasn't quite sure what they were singing either, so I had to like check the lyric sheet real quick. I was like, oh, light, okay, lighting up the sky. Got you. Yeah, of course they are. But well, uh, I, think you guys I get have it. Talked, you guys have talked to this before, though. With some of these Van Halen songs, the words don't really always matter that much. It's the it's about the cadence and whether it adds to the melody and everything else. Where he's hitting all the you know the, the consonants, the the hard uh, plosives are in the right spots. So eh, whatever the vowels are, the words the, don't. The, words, are, eh, the words only mm-hmm. seem to matter in Van Halen when Sammy Hagar sings. Apparently, <laughs> yes, according sir. to because well, everyone just there, gives Dave a pass no matter what he sings about. Be, be, because there are difference. There is a difference, right? Dave is more abstract. Blows uh, yeah. at my door, wised up quick, turned here and gone from on the go. Seems the old folks that come up short were the pretty little kids who didn't want it. No, that's a little more abstract, but it sounds cool as opposed to she put the cream in my coffee every <laughs> single morning. Uh, it's always and, that one example. It's always that yeah, one. Yeah, fucking Betty mm. Boop. Betty Boop. Do you, <laughs> do you want me to go to the spanked lurks? I could do that for you. Save that for when we actually spin it because that's going to be good. Hey, I'm all wow. feed up watching TV, someplace to feast my eyes. Oh, well, I've always tripped on commercials. Yeah, yeah. This one blew my mind. Oh, uh, hey. Hey, yeah. okay. tell me who you going to okay. call when you need that affection? Ghostbusters. Uh, nope. Okay. All you bad well, bad gonna, boys, gonna, call gonna, her up on the spank line. I'm going to go into the jump lyrics real quick. I'm going to go into uh, some of these other, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> freaking. Uh, Dave lyrics, especially that 2012 album, yeah, it's like, but it's all, oh, yeah, always breakfast has to, has to be that uh, that reference, yeah. Fine, I'll Van go Halen to Spank. There... The words don't matter. That's true. There is a ton of uh, Sammy lyrics that are uh, questionable, shall we say, and a lot of really good ones too. I gotta give yeah. his props. There's a ton of really good ones. But look, I've conceded. I have conceded when when Sammy is at the ones that we've been over, at least uh, the stinkers, of course. And I'm not here to defend up for breakfast. I'm just simply saying, come on, find a use a different reference. It can't be okay. just that one uh, or that I'll, two I'll now. Bank. But uh, yeah, I know you're a reference bank. So I uh, cannot <laughs> wait for that li- live show. But uh, we're, we got to talk about this. We just finished Light Up the Sky. So uh, it comes down to what did we actually think? Do we feel that it was what dreams are made of, or is the dream over? Hey, Kevin Brown, we're starting with you because you're the uh, guest slash uh, honorary member. So you are the one 
who is not so not so keen, not so high on Van Halen too. So you are going to be the uh, the X factor in all this. So my question to you, you know how the show works, is light up the sky what dreams are made of, or is the dream over? Yeah, I mean, come on, seriously. Anyone who downvotes this again, you just give your head a shake. It's, what is it, three and a half minutes? Something around there, probably? 312. 3.12. Get in, get out, smash him in the face, beat him over the head with rock and roll power, and then get out again. It's just, and you know, I quite like the lyrics in this one, too. They are abstract. They don't actually probably mean very much. But Dave's, and I've been hard on Dave as a singer. You know, we've talked about this. You guys have brought me around to the Dave camp, and he delivers the shit out of this. Sings it great. Um, musically interesting, it changes direction. You've got some stuff in there. We've got a drum break, which I don't know if we've had up to this point in a Van Halen song, like a protracted drum break like that. Fucking Not one like that. I don't bass think. melody like solo, that. great bass, like different harmonies. Yeah, this is a stone cold winner for me. Easy. There you go, uh, Corey. I think you and I are just going to vote at the same time because I'm pretty sure I know your vote. So uh, shall we? Three, two, one. All right. <laughs> And just, just for the listeners there, people, you know, Mark actually downvoted that, but Corey overrided over oh, yeah. it. So, you know, this, this is the bullshit yeah. that you have to put up with. Hey, we're on YouTube now, so the folks on YouTube can see for sure. All I know is only time will tell if we stand the test of time. Great lyric from word poet Samuel Hagar. They've turned you over to their side. I can't believe it. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I love Van Halen, too. I love this track. Uh, after I was ragging on uh, jazz music for a while, there, this is kind of a jazz song. It, it kind of goes in a few different directions, right? For for a rock band, this has kind of got a jazzy feel. Tom pointed that out in the chat, and I thought that was very apropos. Um, love this tune. Uh, band is fucking cooking. Bass is great. Guitar is unreal. That drum section, for as a, a fan of drums and someone yeah. who wishes he was a drummer, uh, love that even that little tom roll as, as he's kind of fading down and kind of playing a little lighter before the guitar kicks back in just it was just added perfectly in there and i i know kevin agrees 100 <laughs> percent. great great tune from a great great album uh not my favorite on van halen too but definitely absolutely what dreams are made of uh mark uh jeff says the things i hate most about sammer is phlegm hacks when he enters on some songs that, <laughs> that's a good call <laughs> Didn't even make the list, Mark Kameyer. Didn't even make the list of top uh, vocalists of all time. Of course not. Of course not. Mick Jagger is a better vocalist than Sammy Hagar, Mark. But, you know, we all knew that. So, you know. We all knew that. Let's not get into that again. Let's not derail this thing <laughs> no, it's, it's, with all of us No, it's annoyed. fine. Yeah, it's a, it, it happens. It's it's over with. I, I said my piece. Uh, the only thing I'll add to that is everyone at Billboard needs to be fired. Um, <laughs> and uh, just to, you know what? Just get rid of Billboard altogether. Yeah, just because nobody, nobody cares. Nobody yeah. cares. It's fine. Yeah, yeah but uh, that said, that list was shit. Anywho, I, reiter- I reiterate everything Corey and Kevin said. Uh, fun fact, this is my favorite track on Van Halen 2. Oh, nice. uh, and but I mean I that that's not to say that I think all the others are subpar. No, I've talked about this. Corey knows this. I love this album. You are going to be remiss to have me say anything remotely bad about Van Halen 2. I really love it. Um 
And uh, I just, uh, it's it's an in- interesting quandary uh, that Kev put. Uh, is maybe the quality a little bit better than Van Halen One? Did it get did it uh, go up a little bit? I don't know. But I listen to this uh, just this track now mm-hmm. with that mindset, and I go probably so. Everything about this works uh, just from a production standpoint alone. Just production alone, everything is everything is clean. Everything is precise, clear. I mean, it's just the only thing I might uh, uh, argue for is uh, turn it up louder because this is a <laughs> song that deserves to be played as loud as humanly possible. I personally think this song should be in the uh, upper echelon of the uh, Van Halen's repertoire, but I understand why it's maybe not. No matter, it's still a very cooking track. Everybody is being utilized uh, really to their full extent. You could probably throw in some extra harmonies in there somewhere just you know to make my nerd heart happy. But nevertheless, love the song. I, I love it more and more each time I hear it. Uh, no exception to the rule this time. So yes, what dreams are made of. Full sweep. And if you are not down with that, then I don't know what to tell you. Uh, Tom says, whatever the hell the monkey and the moonbeam line means from everybody wants some. Thank you, Tom. (laughs) Well, uh, the monkey and the moonbeam is a literary reference from a book by Jonathan Smith. So quite smart. Oh, Corey's a scholar. Okay. All right. He knows books. What you need to do is take lots and lots and lots and lots of cocaine, and it all makes sense. Exactly. (laughs) I mean, you got to get on Dave's level. So that's that's the key, uh, kids. Uh, Don't do hard drugs. But uh, if you want to be on David Lee Ross level from this era, a lot of the white powder. There you go. Do all the drugs. They were doing all the drugs at this time. Where was this sequenced, Corey, on Van Halen 2? What is it? This uh, kicked off side B. Oh, yeah. fuck. There you go. What an opener. What a side yeah. two opener. Ah, yeah, My no, thing is, like, how are you going to follow that? That's that's the only problem I would what have. Was follow like, it? Uh, Spanish Flight. They go into it, Spanish Flight. Nice. Oh, little, oh. And, well, and, then, yeah. and then DOA. <laughs> like, it, it's perfect. You, you can't sequence yeah. it any better. Yeah, I mean, it's the, it's the best Fair for flight. it. But honestly, like, if you were just in the mood to just listen to Van Halen and bang your head constantly, then. Light up the sky happens and it ends. You go like, well, now fucking what? Uh, but yeah, that's still as far as the flow goes. That's that's a really good transition. I like that. Yeah. Jeff says when when it's love sounds like a really beautiful journey like tune, and then Sam comes in and yells, "Ha!" Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's great because he does it uh, on Jeff's the on my side. Note. <laughs> it's like, Ugh, fuck off, everybody. Anyway, I can't wait to get to that song. It's going to be great. It's uh, me and you against the world, Mark. It's me and you against the world, my friend. Us against the world. That's fine with that. Um, and speaking of against the world, it's time for Corey's favorite part of the show where I look like a buffoon. Go ahead, Corey. Hit oh, the music. I get to play the song. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. It's time to play. How many times did Van Halen perform Light Up the Sky? Mark Kamara, let's start with you because you claim to never win. How many times do you think Van Halen performed this track? Personally, I feel like they should have put this on the set for every single tour they ever did. Like I should have I, been four I or five hundred like, times, right? Yeah, should should have been. Uh, but I'm going to venture a guess and say it wasn't. So let's say I'm going to say they did about 150 times. 150 times. All right. Uh, how about you, uh, Mr. Kevin Brown? Yeah, that's. I was kind of going the same sort of region. I think. Because here's my what, what I would say is I think they probably played this almost all the time on the tour for this album, 
And I'll bet they played it lots on the tour for fair warning because you're still building up that catalogue. And at that point, you've probably got about 27 or so songs. This is definitely one of the stronger ones out of that set. Mm-hmm. Then I think maybe after that, it would start to fall off. So you said 150? Yeah. Well, I've just got to decide either way. I've got to decide, like, I gotta, this is game theory now. I've got to go either... I'll go 151. Fuck you. <laughs> okay, no, 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 screw that then. Okay, what I'll nope. say then. <laughs> no, 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 that's fine. That's fine. No, you I'm won, not. Kevin. <laughs> no, you won. <laughs> the correct answer is 181 times. Oh, oh wow. Oh, man. I'm sorry, Mark. I should have. I should have. No, no, it's cool. <laughs> I don't win. The, to, that's that's what the game is. Like I don't win. <laughs> to Mark Kamire, we see. Well, at least I wasn't as far off as I normally, typically am. You know, like 150. Like, uh, would you say it was a 181 times? They 181. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, I was only you know 31 off. It's fine. Dude, if, and, I'd and gone first, if I'd gone first, genuinely, I was saying 150. 100%. That's exactly what I was going to say. And then and I would have said 151. <laughs> and, and, and both of your reasoning was 100% correct. They played it 98 times in 1979. Yeah. They played mm-hmm. it another 42 times in 1980. Then they didn't play it again until 2015. Oh, wow. Ooh. Well, at least they busted it out. Uh, oh, God, I'd be very curious to hear how it sounded in 2015. I wouldn't. <laughs> Not vocally. Anyway. I mean, well, see, well, I know, but I'm a sadist sometimes, and I'm just like, <laughs> it's like, yeah, what, what you got, Dave? You still got it? Probably not. Let me hear it. Uh, but yeah, that's just the would, way it goes. But hey, cool, look, though, hearing, hearing Wolf play this would be kind of cool. Is it on that live? Yeah. Is it on that live album, Corey? I would the, imagine so. I'm looking right now, and no, I, I don't see it. Oh on, no, uh, oh. on Tokyo, don't know because that would have been. Uh, it came out in 2015. Oop. But it was recorded in 2013, so no. Mm. Okay, I, okay. I could try and find a, a YouTube version of it here. There might be one. Yeah, and, and the if quality you can, like, might we were talking shit. about that. I'm really curious how they come out of that transition because that's the thing with you know I've, I've talked about this on my Queen podcast and other talking with other musicians about this. And Mark, as a musician yourself, you know that when you go into the studio and you write a song and you record it and that's the song, when you get out there and play live, it grows and it evolves and it changes. Yeah. And so I'm always kind of interested to see what people add in and how they change transitions, especially transitions, just to get out of different sections because, you know, oh, here we go. All right. Uh, yeah, it, it's fan recorded uh, from third row, so I don't know how great this is going to be, but this is from uh, yeah, it's... July 11th, 2015 in San Bernardino. This was a Wolfie request because he had a lot of sway on the set list yeah. in 2015. Probably. I think he has to do it. Drop D tuning that he's playing too because that bottom note, that it's got a that's really deep. 
I wonder if that's drop detuned. Well, it's not in the key of D, I can tell you that. No. Um, I'm trying to, the next time I see Eddie play. Let me... Yeah, Jeff says it's so sad he's not here yeah, to see it anymore. Um... I know, like that, that smile is just the best thing in rock and roll. <laughs> no, I think he's uh I think he's in standard. Now it might be okay. he might be in D standard though, but uh No, that's that just that's that bottom standard. string sounds so yeah. fat to me, you know. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not a guitarist. That just might be that just might be like his guitar tone, just in yeah. the guitar itself where like his he's got you know, custom pickups on that thing, so there's there's just no Oh, tone. get it off, Dave. What in the <laughs> Dave's having a good time. Is that a is that a bowler tie? <laughs> has he got a bowler tie on? <laughs> Woofy with the buzzed head. Yeah. Fuck that stack oh. behind him, hey? <laughs> Jeff agrees, Mark, not dropped deep. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> with your banana shirt um half step down is what jeff says that's i agree it's that's okay. what it kind of sounds okay. like um so fair enough so e flat uh i tell you look it's it's kind of a, a blessing and a curse that i never got to see van halen live because if i had i have a feeling i after witnessing eddie all night i might have gone home and sold my guitars. I'm just like, nope, not doing this You're anymore. You're not the only one. Can't, can't, you hear that can't a lot. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> just you know, like, it'll never get better than that. It'll never get as good as that. It'll just, it'll never happen, you know? Hey, I'm going to give up drums for the same reason, because I watch Alex Van Halen, so. <laughs> I think the difference with the Van Halen, because I did see them live once, and it was with Sam on the, was it the Best of Both Worlds tour, whatever the hell that was called. Um, oh, yeah. The thing that it, when you go see Van Halen live, the only thing you leave with is a sense of absolute joy of music. You That's just fall good. in love with the music all over again because you see four people on stage, and even if they're having problems off stage, they just fucking love playing music. And they do it really, really well, high tempo, and they play for the fucking crowd, and they give it everything they got, and it just leaves you feeling fulfilled. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. just absolutely amazing. I would hope so. I would hope that would be the feeling. I mean, I, I, look, I mean, honestly, I probably would feel that way, but then there would just be that lingering sort of just like screaming into the yeah. void voice. of just like, quit playing guitar. You're never going to be that good. It's like, <laughs> I know, I know. Stop it. Stop yelling Remember, at me. You don't have to be as good as Eddie Van Halen. You only have to be as good as Mark Kamire. There you go. Oh, that's, well, that's okay. Yeah. You feel better? Fine, Kevin. Fine, Kevin. <laughs> therapy hour with a, Kevin Brown. Didn't come here for a therapy <laughs> session, but but he's right. Because, Kevin's right. Because you're good but, enough, uh, you're smart enough, and doggone and it, dog people like it, people you. like me. Yes, <laughs> I don't have to play like Eddie Van Halen. 
Uh, but uh, no, Josh is right though. Josh said uh, he's complete. Eddie's completely relaxed in that live show, just not, not sweating. He would be sweating bullets trying to pull all those notes off uh, yep. in front of that crowd. But I will say this, Josh. Uh, at the same time, uh, look how long Eddie has been playing, or he had been playing that song, and uh, also he wrote it. So I mean, like it's Tom all said there. The same thing. It's all, yep. Yeah, just play you play you play any song for that long and uh you're just you're gonna be able to play it with your eyes closed and probably upside down if you want. So yeah, yeah, think of it no, that way. Yeah, no though, because here well here's the thing, because they didn't play this live. We we already established that. This was kind of this brought this song back. And I was gonna yep, comment true. on that because when you watch him playing the riff, he's looking down at the fretboard. Oh sure. Whereas when you watch footage from like, you know, um Live Without a Net or stuff online when it's stuff he has been playing lots he's not looking at the fretboard he just knows that shit that's muscle memory when he gets mm. the solo then it's the way he doesn't have to bother then then it's all about feel and intuition and just being eddie right so yeah. sure it was 35 years in between uh concerts yeah, for that, which, song. that yeah that's a that's a good point yeah. so but but nevertheless yeah like uh, that muscle memory is a funny thing sometimes so you just you'd be amazed what what your body can remember in just yeah. like the heat of the moment and uh, and at this point uh, I'm not sure how far into that particular tour they were, but they played it how many times, you said, uh, in like around that time? Uh, in 2015, they, they played it 41 yeah. times, so it was the mainstay. So, oh, wow. so let's just let's just say for argument's sake, this was like in the middle of the tour, so he had already been playing it quite a few dates. It was like, oh, okay, yeah, I remember. I got it, cool. Um, so think of it that way, you nevertheless. Uh, but there you go, you guys. Light up the sky. You kind of got a, a, a twofer with that one of the same song, both I love how uh, Tom, live. Tom pointed out we were supposed to be assessing Dave's vocal. We talked more about Eddie's playing. No complaints. It ha- it'd be like that sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> sure. The Eddie Van Halen motto, shut up, Dave. Dave was a complete clown by then. Even more than when he could hit notes exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and he, he he just put another Twitter fucking video today where he's just a complete clown. Oh it's my like, God. what are you doing, buddy? And then Josh he, says you know, he's going to upload. what he's doing. <laughs> Josh is going to upload his version in 2040, so he gets the same amount of time in between. Looking forward. Hey, it. looking forward to it. That'll be great. Yeah. Oh, Tom says he didn't have to go back to the records. He said he he listened and not remember how to play it. So yeah, well, 35 years. So is yeah, a long to, time. well, I mean, yeah, that's a long time, and you gotta you gotta rehearse. And sometimes if you forget shit, like all right, let me throw on the record real quick. Yeah, but that, uh, he probably yeah yeah. Jeff said he probably forgot how to play it and probably had to relearn it. And uh, you know that happens. That happens absolutely. There's a, again, I'll, I'll just quickly. That's definitely a thing because when you get to these this level and this amount of time under mm-hmm. the water under the bridge, where they've written so many songs and so many riffs, you can't sure. possibly hold them all in your head. There's a, a great thing about um, in the the Tom Petty thing, the podcast that I do, where someone was talking about a, a song. Mary's new car is, is the song, and it's not a great song. But it, it, there was one of the wardrobe ladies who fucking loved the song, and so she'd always like shout it from the side of the stage, from the wings, saying, "Play Mary's last play new car." Nah, nah, nah. And Tom said, I just love that she thinks that we know that song, that we would remember it. It was like, I don't know that song anymore. I might as well be doing a cover at this point, you know. She's like, lady, that was like a thousand joints ago. Like, exactly. Even, yeah. you know. yeah. Is that like, one of ours? Is, is that a Dylan yeah, song? Like, Do we, who does that we song? sure we wrote that? Did we write? Yeah, it was like, that might have been Bobby. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Yeah, just the truth and like. I, I love that you think we know it. Uh, yeah. we'll, we'll try. Uh, just such honest authenticity to that. So, um, But there you go, you guys. Uh, one more off of Van Halen 2. So uh, I think uh, we still got a couple from that album. We're not done with that one. And now we are down to 
uh, what, 29 songs? 29, we're down to 29 left on 29 the wheel. 29 songs yeah. left on the wheel, you guys. It's we're, we're coming down to it. So, But before we do that, we have to do uh, something really awesome, which is talk about uh, the first full album that we have discussed on the show. So uh, as Corey mentioned at the top of the show, live show tomorrow night. If you're listening to this podcast on Friday, Saturday, uh, uh, that'll be uh, August 26th. Sixth, that's right. August 26th, Saturday, uh, 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, we're going live. We're doing it live. Uh, the usual suspects, uh, some not usual suspects, just come one, come all, and uh, we'll have a discussion on Fair Warning because that is the first album we have completed in this Van Halen uh, journey. So, uh, big thank you, big shout out to uh, our lurkers in the chat. Thank you guys so much. Uh, and if you too want to be a lurker, you know what you got to do? You got to join our Patreon. We have all sorts of tiers that uh, we can, uh, uh, that, that might be to your liking. But if we don't, if there's a tier that we don't have and you think it would be a good idea for us to, let us know. We'll get that for you. It's all good. Corey and I are not above it. So uh, just to uh, throw out to our patrons, I will uh, list them off right now. Matt Lacoste, Nate from the Deep Purple Podcast, Rava Flav, Josh Caldwell, Greg Zito, Michael Griffith, Chaz Charles, a.k.a. Chaz Mataz, a.k.a. Chart Chaz, uh, Sean McGinnity from Meet the Geeks, Per Lineker, Scott Monroe, Ryan Powell, Jeff Brewer, Ben Andriozzi, Tom... Armbruster, Scott Everett, <laughs> Heath McCoy, uh, Janice Risco, and of course, our honored guests and honoree panelists, Kevin Brown. Kevin, always a pleasure having you. It's great. I'm so happy uh, Corey got you last minute. Would you uh, please let the people know uh, where they can find you and everything you're doing? Because if Corey Morissette is the podcasting Galactus devouring worlds, you are certainly his Silver Surfer Herald. So tell them all the podcasts, all the stuff they can find you doing. Oh, I don't know my Marvel DCU kind of stuff. I don't know that. I don't know if Silver Surfer is that good. Is that good or is that an insult or a compliment? I don't know. It's fine. Um, you can, you can find me at the Tom it's Petty fine. Project and Seaside Pod Review. But I just wanted to end Ultimate Catalog Clash with Corey, our new show. But I did want to just, again, shout out, you know, folks, support these people. Because this, you know, Corey, you always say that um, Pod of Thunder is the, the gold standard in uh, rock and roll podcast and excellence. This show's overtaking it. Okay. You know, Aww. with David Lee Roth era Van Halen was great. Sammy Hagar era just took it to that next level, people. So oh. join the Patreon. Um, it doesn't cost much. You know, you can afford a few shackles. It's a four-pack of beer, less than that, a month. Um, just give, a, give them some money and help support these guys. They're doing good things, and they're really good people. Well, thank you so much. And, uh, and hey, if you, uh, if you, if you don't want to throw the stones to uh, support the Patreon, you can still support us by sharing the podcast, telling your friends. You know, if your friends have our Van Halen fans, let them know what we got going on. And, hey... We've got merch as well. So uh, this is not our merch. This is just a Van Halen shirt <laughs> that I'm wearing. Uh, but uh, we do have merch. So uh, podcastwillrock.com. Go check out our merch store. As a matter of fact, most of those designs designed by this guy, uh, Kevin Brown, because he, he loves a good inside joke, and we do too. And boy, that's, the, the merch store is full of them. And if you get those uh, the merch with the inside jokes, you will be in the know. And then people will be on the street going like, what the hell is that about? And you go... You gotta listen to the show, and you'll know. Right. And then you'll then we'll all be united in the front. So there you go. Buy a T-shirt or something if you want. Uh, Corey, where can the people find all the stuff you're doing and all the podcasts you're devouring, like Galactus? 
Well, you can find us at www.podcastforrock.com. You can get said merch. You can catch up on old shows. Uh, you can also find us as part of the Deep Dive Podcast Network, which features such shows as Backtracks Aerosmith Revisited with myself and Scott Haskin. Backtracks the music, talking music and movies with my good buddy John Mariano. Uh, Kevin and myself do a show called The Ultimate Catalog Clash. Season one is Phil Collins' era genesis. Having a ton of fun with that one. Uh, you can also catch Kevin at the Tom Petty Project and Seaside Pod Review with the one and only Kevin Woods. Uh, you can also catch Scott Haskin at Uriah Heap, The Magician's Podcast, Nate and John at The Deep Purple Podcast, The Simple Man at Skinner Reconsidered, Terry T-Bone Matthew at T-Bone's Prime Cuts on the other side, Rye at Sabbath Bloody Podcast, Paul Joan David at In the Lap of the Pods, Andy and Matt at Hawk Binge, Eric and Jonathan at Maiden A to Z, Daniel and Josh at Diary of the Mad Men, the Ultimate Aussie Podcast, Ben and Sam at Universally Speaking, the Red Hot Chili Peppers Podcast, George and Hattie at the Judas Priest Cast, Clay and Riot North by South Podcast, Greg and Jonathan at So Far, So Pod, So What, talking all things Megadeth, Quinnet and Volume for All, Sav Nick, Stephen Mark at the Rock Roulette Podcast, and Chaz and Greg at Regarding Lulu, and rumor has it Chaz is starting a Rush Podcast. Be on the lookout for that. You can also check out our good buddy Sean Geek at the Sean Geek and Fast Fret Podcast, You're All Doomed, a Friday the 13th podcast, the DLR cast, the Bogus Oda Show, Pot of Thunder, the uh, recognized symbol of excellence in rock and roll podcasting, Booked on Rock with the legendary Eric Senich, Dissect That Film, and Three's Company 2, a rewatch podcast. There you go. Right on. You can find me at Mark the Bat on Twitter and Instagram. And, uh, you know, I know that uh, the Twitter of, uh, of our show is kind of... It's active, but it's less active than when Corey was running it. That's because I'm running it, and sometimes I'm just lazy. Or I'm using my other Twitter yelling about stupid politicians and bullshit. But it, nevertheless, uh, yeah, I'll get better. I'll get better about it. But uh, you can find me at Mark the Bat, so you can uh, come to me directly for all of your uh, concerns and aggravations about how I'm doing a terrible job uh, at this podcast because people love telling me how wrong I am. Uh, and that's fine, because you know why? I am not a music historian. I'm not a rock historian. I'm not a Van Halen expert at all. Neither is Corey, neither is Kevin, or anybody. We are just humble fans, just exploring a band that we simple, that, that we like. And uh, yeah, that's, that's all there is to it. So no, we're not going to have all the accurate information about what they were doing in the studio, where their brains were when they were writing particular songs, because we weren't there. Uh, we can only speculate and we can only uh, discuss what we've read and what we've heard from the people who actually were there. So uh, if you have you need expertise, advice, go to Eric Sinich, go to Greg Renoff, go to those people. OK, you can voice your concerns. Uh, but if you want to keep yelling at me, fine. But it only makes me stronger. It's fuel to the fire. You don't understand how powerful I'm becoming, you guys. I, and soon I will go to Elon Musk himself, strangle him, and then I will be X. This is the face <laughs> of X. You hear that? I, and I'm going to rebrand it to just M. It will be M. It will no longer be Twitter. It will be M. So be on the lookout for that. I'm coming for you, Musk. I'm going to punch you in your turkey neck uh, just for fun. Um <laughs> But anyway, uh, if we get if we get cut off of Twitter, uh, or if our page gets put down, now you know why. Because Mark's running his mouth. It happens. But uh, I, I don't apologize for it, nor do I apologize for uh, bringing you guys uh, a rock and good podcast that I'm proud of and I'm happy to do with fine gentlemen like my panelists today. We are, and the podcast will rock, and we will rock you later. 